Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. So today, or this evening, we'll go back again to our monster. You know the monster we talked about last week? The, what did I call it? The silent killer? You know, sometimes, like I said, I'm not going to summarize because there's no time. We have so many things. I want to deal with three things today. So many times, all we do all our life is to worry about the external, things outside, how I'm looked at, what, how, how people perceive me, how do I please people. We forget that which is inside. We forget that which is capable of derailing us from, from that kingdom of God. We'll not get there as long as the inside. Because if you look at what? If you look at Romans 2, I, we don't have to. Romans 2.29 said what? That actually, are you, you're not ready to read it. You want me to say it? <laughs> Romans 2.29. Yes. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. He is a child of God, born of God, who is inwardly. That's why he said, blessed are the pure in heart, inside what is going on. Not what you say, not how you dress, or how you look. That doesn't make a difference to God. But what do you do? Because what you do speaks so much about you. A thief is a thief because he steals. That's as simple as that. So what we do is actually what we, that bears witness whom we are from inside. Such your inside. We go about, you know, blaming others, thinking that all our problems are others. In fact, we turn around, we're never at fault. Every moment, every time is a fault of another. Is it fault of the system? Or maybe it's God's fault. After all, if he didn't make me that way, why would I be this way? But we stop, we don't stop once to pause. We pause and say, okay, let's consider our own ways. Where did we go wrong? What is working on inside us? Are we in harmony, in spiritual agreement with God? Right from inside. Not how I walk or make people to think or look at me. No. But how actually, because the one who judges me, judges inside. He sees what happens where? He sees what happens where? In our heart. I'm just telling you right now. Because that's where he said, that's where I dwell. I dwell in the heart that contrite, holy, and broken. So last week we dealt with that. It was a lengthy situation. And then we came to what? Anybody remember? Pride. And humility. We dealt with that. Then we dealt with another one. Self-esteem. Why you hold yourself up and lofty above the knowledge of God? You know, because I, I know that 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and, uh, 3 to 5 told us what? He said, what? Are you there? Sorry. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. 3 to 5. To 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mm -hmm. but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. Now, we, last week we said that, you ask yourself a question. Examine yourself very carefully. Are you your own idol? Are you the stumbling block you have? Are you the hindrance into the kingdom of God? Search yourself. If you look at Haggai 1, 6 to 7, he said, look, you have done all these things and you gather everything, but yet there's a hole. Yet you lack, let you worry. He said, my child, have you even stopped one time to consider your own ways? Begin from there. The point one of every situation you have for a child of God is to begin from there. You know why? That is an, the element, the fundamental element of humility. God wants to see that. Acknowledgement. Coming to God and saying, well, Father, I don't care what is going on, but I start from myself. Let me wash myself. Because, you see, charity, they say, begins where? At home. At home. But we don't see that we chase other things rather than starting where it's supposed to start point. Once we clear that with God, God said, look, I'm with you. You can move now. But before that, that's a problem. So today, let's look at, hopefully we'll cover about three things, I pray. Bearing witness of yourself. Bearing witness of yourself. You know, a lot of times we just want to, people to do what? To hear what we are doing, the good things we are doing. But the sad part of it is that we never ever try to show anybody the bad things we are doing. Something is wrong. Whatever that is not balanced is wrong. Are you following what I'm talking about right now? So for a child of God, I'm not talking about people in the world. Forget about it, please. I'm not talking about anybody doing whatever they want to do. Whatever you do, which actually is consistent with what somebody in the world does, you are of the world. If I behave as an unbeliever, I'm an unbeliever. Forget about what I call myself. Born again, I may call myself bishop or archbishop. Those things mean nothing to, they mean nothing to God. It's, have you done my work according to my own will. That's why if you look at Matthew 7, you look at that 21 to 23. He said, not those who say, Lord, Lord. Not these people who cry unto me every day, Lord, Lord. You know, I was shouting, hallelujah, Lord. There is nothing like you. And all the time, maybe my voice will be the loudest. All that thing to God is nothing. He said, have you done what I asked you to do? That is all I'm looking at. So, not those who say, Lord, Lord, is opportunity. So, bearing witness of one, let me put it this way. Anyone who bears witness of it, Father, I thank you so much because you know one thing? This is understanding the spiritual mysteries of God. The very moment God touches you, you change now, you are a new creature. He has called you as he has called me. Forget about you, may think this man may be his own special. I'm not, no. He's called each and every one of us. If you go to Romans 8, right? You look at that 28 and read it all the two ways, whom he has predestined, whom he has called, all of us. He has also glorified. He has turned them and changed them. So when somebody has that grace, which is the grace actually what? An unmerited favor. For what? For <laughs> Thank you. It's an unmerited favor to enable somebody to regenerate. And the regeneration is a radical change. 
I have changed. Everything in me now is new unto you, Lord. You cease to become your own from that time. Please listen to me. You cease to become your own. That's why Paul says what? He said, whether I live or die, it is Christ. I belong to him. Therefore, bearing witness, anybody who bears witness of his good works, oh, we all do it. Please listen to me. Anyone who bears witness of his good, luck, his good works, number one, he does not know whether he is truly called by God or chosen by God. I'm, I'm going to come to you right now. He does not know. Anyone who bears testimony of his good work is actually trying to do what? Can anybody tell me what he's trying to do? Huh? He, God bless you. He's trying, number one, okay, let's put it this way. Anyone who bears witness of himself, all right, is trying, number one, to promote himself. Then why is he trying to promote himself? He wants people to hear what he has done so that it will become what, I mean, they say that in computer now, they say what, viral, right? So that they can carry it, amplify it all over. If you do that, you are saying your testimony is from man. Because, you see, what is actually testimony? Or, let's say this one. I'm not talking about testimony of what God has done. Listen to me, I'm going to come to it right now. Please testify every day what God has done. But never testify what you have done for God or others. Don't, because uh, we take it, if you do, it's a lie. God has canceled whatever reward you think you get once you do that openly. Are you doubting what I'm saying? Remember what he said, what in Matthew, we don't have time to go. Matthew 6, even 1 to 4, he said what? Whenever you're out there trying to give your own arms, he said, let not what? Even yourself, he said, let not the right one know what the left one is doing. Do things in secret that your father who is in secret can see it. It is a matter of your heart. Whenever you are doing whatever you are doing, what is the motive? Is it an ungodly motive? To promote yourself or to get the people to see it? Remember, giving a testimony is giving a report. Whom do you give a report to? I'm asking. You give a report to your boss, right? So, one who testifies of his good works is giving a report to the world. And why is he giving a report to the world? Because he wants the world to appreciate him and love him. Why? Because the world loves only his own, or his own, sorry. Give me John 15, 19, please. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yes. Yet, because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Therefore the world hates you. That is why, remember when we were talking about fellowship with, the, with the, the world. I told you that if you were very popular, at one point, I'm telling you, I don't want to say this now. At one point in Houston, everybody claimed to be a friend of Ozurumba. They thought maybe Ozurumba was something. You know when you, when you think you, have, you are doing well, whatever it is, okay? Everybody is your friend. Even the proverb said it at what? Everybody is a friend of the one who is rich, but try to be poor. 
No, no, I'm, I'm serious. You see, every, everyone at that point. But if you still remain that popular up to now, and people are chasing you of the world, check your battle, check yourself. Because if you have turned onto the truth, and nothing but the truth, the world will hate you. That's the first thing you're going to experience. It will surely happen. So whoever doing that is saying, I want the world to love me. And when you say you want the world to love you, then the person is of the world. The testimony you're giving is of the world. It's not of God. You need to give your report to the one who has called you and who gives you the only one who can judge you. The only one who can condemn and put in hell. Forget about people. They may praise you and worship you. Everything is thinking, oh, it's so wonderful. But in the end, every knee shall come before the judgment seat of the Lord to account. Not to men that will pass away and die away. Remember Matthew 10, 28? He said, fear not those who can just, all they do is they, they destroy the flesh. But they have stopped once they do that. And nothing more than that. So whoever is actually giving testimony of himself is actually calling himself a liar. Nobody, nobody says I'm telling you, like, what is, what is, let's read John, please. John 5, please. That 1 to 32. John 5, 31 to 32. Yes. If I bear witness of myself, mm -hmm. my witness is not true. My witness is not true. If I you know why it's not true? Let's stop right. You know why it's not true? Who has ever given himself a bad evaluation? You know, your, your boss calls you and says, go and evaluate yourself. And you come back and say, you know, I'm bad here, I'm bad here. Nobody. <laughs> Let the one who can independently evaluate you without fear. That's the one that you should be looking up to. He said, if I testify of myself, my testimony is not true. But go on, please. There is another who bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Now, we're going to get to a certain point where I will show you that the most needful thing, that which cannot perish, the only thing is to seek that testimony that's everlasting. Get a testimony, an everlasting testimony that God can say, look, and we're going to get... Look at what individual has done here. So any testimony of oneself is actually not true. Now, there are two things or two persons that must testify of you. If you want testimony, you want to shine, whatever it is, right? Do whatever you do without expectations. Come now, please. That's the biggest problem we have. Do whatever you do without even expecting. Do you know one thing? I thank God because the Lord has gotten me, it's answered my question. Where I said, Father, let me not even expect, even I'm expecting to go to heaven. That, I don't do anything expecting I'm going to heaven. I'm doing something to please God. Let him, what concerns me right now on this earth, Lord, what do I do to please you? Yeah, walk. If you do it well, he is the one, he's going to take you. You see? But most of us, we worry so much about whatever we're doing inside, we're doing it for a reason. That's what I'm trying to say. Remove that expectation. While whatever you're doing, I'm doing, okay, I'm going to do this now. Father, you will see me and bless me. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Then he said, you already have taken your blessing since you gave it to yourself. I'm the one to decide whether you're going to get that blessing. So there are two things you have to look up to. To actually testify of you. The good works. Listen now. The light, in fact, but that's what's saying it. Let me put it across this way. 
Let the light of your good works shine. Hallelujah. Let the light of your good works shine. That when people see that those good works, not your good mouth. Are you following me? They see the good works you do in the name of your father. According to his own will. Not your will. You know what I'm talking about this will right now? There are some pastors that will talk to me and they said, you know one thing? This person called me. We gathered together. We're going to go pray. I will do this and that. Oh, no. This person called me. I'm going there right now. I said, first of all, I know prayer is wonderful. There are so many things we do that actually look so wonderful. Listen to me carefully. And indeed in the world, they are wonderful. But a lot of times, did we ask the owner and the master before we embark on it? Others will be sending ourselves. Remember we talked about David, right? David did everything right until one day David decided not to inquire anymore from the Lord and order that the Israelites should be numbered. And God said, when did you become the Lord? And the punishment came. Let's go back and read that. Matthew 5, 16, which Pastor Charles read, please. Let your light so shine before men mm -hmm. that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When they see the light of your good works shining, you don't even need to utter a word. For a child of God, quit claiming what you think you are. Let God, let God say what you are. Are you following me? Let God say it. Because a lot of times when we want to say who we are, we exaggerate it. Let him say it. That's why, John, please, 526, please. Or 536, rather, sorry. John 536. But I have a greater witness than John's. Mm -hmm. For the works which the Father has given me to... The works, yes, the Father gave me to do, yes. To finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. The works that I do, that I finish in the name of the Father, they actually bear witness that the Father has sent me. Read me John 10, 25, please. John 10, 25. Yes. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. Mm -hmm. The works that I do in my Father's name they bear witness of me. You see, the Lord was, I mean, the Jews actually were arguing with the Lord. And they said, are you, Jesus, what is going on? Why? He said, look, I've been telling you every time you will not even listen. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. You know one thing? The works I do in my father's them, they shine. And that's the things that bear witness of me, whom I am. Read me First Peter, please. 2.12. First Peter 2.12. Yes. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, mm -hmm. that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. There is no vindicator. Oh, my brother and sister, listen to me. Nothing can vindicate you in this world more than doing the good works of God according to his will. Don't worry what they say about you. No matter what, no matter whatever they do, people will say. If you worry so much about what people are do, saying about you, you surely will not make it the next day. Because many people would like you to hide 
In fact, crawl away. But continue to do your good works. You will see God. That's why I say that if the ways of a man or woman will please me, then even his enemies, I will make them to be at peace with them. Because it's the ways of the man that please God. God will make it, not you. We try so much sometimes to do what? All you own people is what? Love them and give them compassion. No matter whatever happens in this life, keep loving in your heart. You don't owe any other thing to anybody. You don't have to please anyone. Please God. If you please him, he will vindicate you. Even if I told you, you perish, God forbid, if I perish in doing whatever I'm doing, so what? I didn't perish. Because if I die in the hand of the Lord, it's not a perish. I didn't perish. That's what we have to be able to do. Because eventually we all die. So being with him is a key. He said, make a conversation. Do the right things. They may say all sorts of things against you, but it surely will come back and vindicate you. Read me Titus, please. Seven to eight. Titus chapter two, verse seven to eight. Yes. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, mm -hmm. reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, mm -hmm. that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. You know, you, know the, you know the best way to make your enemies to be ashamed, if, you, if some of you who have enemies. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious, because, you see, if you kill the enemy, then who is going to be the one that is going to give you trouble all your life? Let the enemy live and change, so that you, you glorify God with the enemy. But what I'm saying that, you see, as far as, as, far as the enemy is concerned, you see, you, you actually do the good works, I'm telling you. Do what God has asked you to do. Don't worry. He is God. He will deliver his own, no matter whatever the circumstances may be. And he has always done it. But we pause right here and I ask you some questions. First of all, where in the scriptures and the Bible was anybody, let's say Christ, why did somebody testify because of his good works? But he made a mistake. But where was the testimony given? Was there any place in the Bible that a human being came and what? Testified of Christ. Peter. His good works. Peter? What are his disciples? I said the person got it wrong too. He got it wrong. He got the, yeah. He, he actually said it for the wrong reason. But we're going to come to the mystery where it's open, why he did what he did. Nicodemus, God bless you. Give me, give me John, please, three. One to two. See what Nicodemus did? John chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Yes. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, mm -hmm. a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, he was testifying the things you've been doing we can see with our own eyes. Actually, it's an indication that you're from God. But that was for the wrong reason. I'm going to come to point to you right now. That's for the wrong reason, which most of us are still chasing every day. You know, we chase miracles. We love miracles. And I keep telling you that miracles and signs and wonders are not for believers. Now, let's get it again. Miracles and signs and wonders 
they will encourage the faith of the believer, but they are meant for an unbeliever so that he can turn around and say, wow, unto this God. Because whosoever still wants to see a sign and wonder before he believes, that's not believe at all. Am I, I mean, is that a conclusion there? Okay, but you see, there's something there that uh, Nicodemus did. Maybe we'll come to that. For the wrong reason, which most of us will see chess. Nicodemus said something there. You know, no, you know, Master, the wonders and signs and miracles, he didn't talk about any other thing, right? Because of those things that you did that are so miraculous, man, you must come from God. Because Nicodemus had no spiritual understanding. And the Lord turned back. Look at the response. That will shock you. Read me verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, Nicodemus, you are talking about something that is so temporal. You're seeing the signs and miracles that are there. Nicodemus, there's something that's more important you don't understand, except one is born again. You see, that's, that's, that's God for you. Nicodemus, you understand? And when Nicodemus pursued the argument, he said, you are a leader of the Jews eh? and the Pharisees, and you still don't understand this mystery I'm talking about. You're chasing the wind. We're going to come to it right now, but we'll get to it. We're chasing there. So testifying because of the good works, people will. Let me tell you, if you are called by God or a child of God, or you, God has brought you closer to him. Go and continue the way, not turning left or right. Don't compromise whatsoever. Don't look at anything, not the things of this world or money or any situation. But do that what God has called you. I'm telling you, God will testify of you. So the second that testifies of you is the one who has sent you. God, who has sent you, will testify of you and say, you know one thing? This person is mine. Because why? Why would God testify of somebody? Why did God testify of his son? He pleased him? God bless you. Read me John 8, 29, please. John chapter 8, verse 29. Yes. And he who sent me is with me. Mm -hmm. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. The reason why he testified of me is because I did those things that please him. If I displease him, what's going to happen? I know that Christ would never do it, but if he did, you and I would not be here now. We would not even know what salvation is. I wonder whether we would have been set back one million times before anything comes again. But even in John 14, 31, he said, you know one thing? This is the only way. The only way people will see that I love my father. The word. I don't have to speak. I don't have to do anything. But the word will see that I love my father. Because whatever my father told me to do, I did it. And that's why he said that he testified, telling us, that, you know why? My father will testify of me because what I did please him. Read me John 5.30, please. John 5.30. Yes. I can of myself do nothing. Look at. As I hear, I judge. Yes. And my judgment is righteous. As I hear from him, and not from man or anybody, I'll do it. 
Why wouldn't the Lord, the Almighty Father in heaven say, you know one thing, this is my beloved who? Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And he got the point where he said, this is my son. You better hear him. God bless you. Because he's speaking. He's with me. And no wonder Christ will be able to get up and say, you know one thing, I am my father, we are one. Because we are in agreement. Everything he told me to do, I did it. And because of that, we linked up and we are one now. And therefore, I follow it. And God gives testimony. God giving testimony of people. You know, he gave testimony of Noah. Read me Genesis 7, 1, please. Genesis 7, 1. Yes. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, mm -hmm. you and your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. That's a testimony. I'm testifying that Noah is righteous for all the people in this. And he went also Job, please. Read me Job 1, 8. Job 1.8. Yes. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? This, this makes my head spin. No, I'm telling you. God saying from heaven and testifying, Have you ever considered my servant Job? So proud of Job. Yes, go on. That there is none like There's him none on like the him. earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Mm. So how did he fear God? He was what? He said it there. He was blameless and upright. He did whatever I told him to do. But even that, God also gave a testimony. Well, I'm trying to move on to a second thing now. God gave testimony of other people in this in, in New Testament. Did anybody, can anybody tell me one? No, I've already said Jesus. Colonius. God bless you. Give me an of apostles, please. Ten. One to four. Acts ten, one to four. Yes. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, mm -hmm. a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Yes. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the poor, to the people, and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Mm. Your prayers and your arms, they have come up for a memorial. I am testifying what you have done. And uh, let, let me say this way, because in this very... Uh, ministry. We, I mean, we're only talking about maybe any time we mentioned money was for missions. We don't. That's not what God has called me for. But did you see what He said there? Your prayer and your arm, they have come before God as a memorial. No wonder I said it's better to what to give than to receive. You see, giving from your heart without expectation is a fruit of the Spirit of God. But receiving is a gift, and any gift can be abused. Anybody receiving something from you, the intent maybe, whatever he wants to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? But one who does it from the heart and giving without even thinking, move on. That's it. And I hope that's something I wish that I even learned it a long, long time ago before the Lord called me. 
And I pray our people will learn it. I'm not talking about here. Go, do that. Don't worry about it. Give from your heart that which God has given you and watch God and see what he can do. So God testifying of these people, say, look at, your memorial had come unto it. But another one, my sister also mentioned, Colenus. The same Colenus, right? We talked about Colenus. But how about another one? Does anybody remember? No, not that one, Pastor. There was one of, in fact, he said it was, what? Memorized. We have a memory of this person in the, what? Mary. Mary. Read me Mark. Mark. Mark 14, please. 3 to 9. Mark 14, 3 to 9. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, yes. as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, mm -hmm. Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. As surely I say to you, mm. wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Unbelievable. What she did. There's another angle also to that story. And we're going to come to that angle. Maybe the third thing we're going to deal with. Did you see the, the irony of self-righteousness? Not on Mary. There are people immediately who stood up and condemned her. Sometimes we don't know when we blaspheme the Holy Spirit. If we, don't, if we become so hasty in condemning and judging others, we don't know what God has done. We'll get to it. But the second thing we're going to deal with right now is this. Living your life for the world. Living your life for the world. Do you know, I, I probably will not stay too long on it, but because of time. You know, sometimes most of us, especially in our community, have you noticed that just about all of us are in bondage of competition and comparison? And in so doing, you know what we do? We sometimes recklessly put ourselves in debt chamber. I'm not talking about debt, dying. I'm talking about D-E-B-T chamber. Debt chamber, where we cannot come out. We do so, putting affliction on ourselves because we are comparing with others. We want them to see how we shine. You know, we want the outside one that shines and we say, who cares about inside? As long as they think I'm okay. There is one thing I, I, I experienced. You know, <laughs> when I was like in the world and we were going about doing business and so on, I had a lot of many, many friends who are from here, Caucasians. And one day we, 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 we planned for dinner. And I went to my friend. I said, I'm going to pick you guys up. They said, yes. 
And I just, that's it. They said, sit down. I sat down. The wife said, where are we going for the dinner? I said, we're going to, I don't want to mention it. It's, it's nice and expensive. The wife said, um, you know, Johnny, the reason why I'm asking that is because you know we don't have any money. <laughs> what an honest human being. Who among us would ever say that? In fact, we'll cover and say, oh, oh why not? We'll, we'll just go find where we're going to borrow that money after all. You know, let's, uh, don't even say that we're not distant. <laughs> Instead of being inside you, you've said what it is. And that could save you and take care of the problem. And so one other one I had a dealer, the, the, you know, not area, a car dealer, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. What did he call me say? Make I said what? He said, is there something wrong with your people? I said about what? He said, I know them when they come here to buy those flashy cars and everything to buy. But you see, you see what I drive? I said, what is that? He said, I said, I know what is that because it's a friend of mine. He said, but what is the purpose of a car? Is it not to get you from one point to the other? I said, no. Yes. He said, but when you get those who come and buy the shiny wheels, those ones that the thief will shoot them, try to get it. He said, I know. Maybe they are people. I said, I'm being insulted. He said, you can be insulted if you want. I'm just telling you the truth. But what I'm saying is this. When we live our life just for the world to see, to impress them, when we live the world of competition, we are competing. We want the distance. We are comparing one another. There are no fools more than those who compare with one another. There are no greater fools than those who compare with one another. You see, you know, you know one thing? When you do that, especially in your community, then your eyes are not open. You don't even see the global things. You are looking at this. You know, even in your village, you go to your village, you know one thing? What people in the village are compared, they, they just compare and competing against you in the village, their own person. Isn't that what we do here? And because of that, sometimes we go and carry things and put them on top of ourselves. And then you know what? It then results to what? Intentional infliction. Maybe the lawyer will tell us better. The intentional infliction of anguish and pain and suffering. We are suffering it, but no. Let's cover it because, you see, we need to present the shiny, the, the looking side. You know? So that they will think I am something. But we forget that it's only God who, who actually justifies whether we are something or not. Because of time, read me Second Corinthians, please, 10, 12. Second Corinthians 10, 12. Yes. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves mm -hmm. with those who commend themselves. Yes. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. They're not wise. You see, I'm speaking to the children of God. Please listen to me. I'm not speaking to everybody. To the children of God. He said, I'm new now. I've changed now. Everything now is new unto God. Yet I'm responding in the same old way. I'm putting myself in trouble. I'm doing the things that actually will be a burden unto me. Just because I want people to be what? To look at me as somebody. And yet... Doesn't get us anywhere. You do things. What is the motivation? What is that godly motivation that what I have done now? What I have done right now, when I was doing it or before I did it, what was my thinking? What was my heart? Was I trying to do it so that what? To appease the world or for, so, so I can measure with somebody else? Or to outshine? 
You know that? Yeah, to assign somebody else. And you know what actually happens is this. Most of us, I'm telling you right now, have walked around the clock. No time for family. No time for anything else. Just simply because they want to put themselves at the level they think the world will respect them. They will just want to impress. If you're still doing that, you're not a child of God. You don't have to impress any human being. Whoever, no matter whatever they think, they surely will die. That's why I told us, why are you forgetting your own God? Read me Isaiah 51, please. 12 to 13. Isaiah 51, 12 to 13. Yes. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the son of a man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord your maker, you forget. who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. Mm -hmm. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Where is the fury of the oppressor? That's why I said, why should you be worried about a human being that has what? No, it's not grass. It's a human being who has nostrils. He's breathing. The very moment I stop that ear, he's finished. And you're worried about him. Do you know that? How many times do we worry about trying to impress other people instead of God? All our concern is outside. But we don't, don't concern ourselves with the things of God. And you know one thing? The biggest problem of what I'm talking about right now is that it fuels, it adds more fuel to another idolatry discontentment. I want this, I want to be like this, get to that point. I want to be like others. Never you try as a child of God to imitate anybody. Don't even imitate Christ. Don't imitate Christ. Do what he tells you to do. And don't try to say, let me walk like Christ. Why do you think they call it imitation? Imitation is not real. Do the work of your father. Don't worry about another, what the person is doing. God has put him there. And you know one thing that is the biggest problem. That has brought, you know, remember we, we dealt with the envy, right? We said it's the greatest what? Poison. You know, the time when I was in the world with the Nigerian community, I got up one day and addressed them. I said, well, the problem we have is this. Not Nigerian community, all of us. Especially, the, I don't know why. Is when you see somebody... Maybe God has put him or her at any the level he wants to put. We don't stop to say, how did this person get there so I can just emulate and work hard and get there? We say, why? Why is he there? I'm not the one here. He needs to come down right now. He needs to come down. Are you the one who put him there? That's the problem. So when he fools that, because of her looking for something, then we get into the bottomless pit. The bottomless and endless pit, the discontentment, that one that cannot be fooled, it can never fill up. The bottomless pit, whatever you pour in, is there. The appetite that does not get full. When that happens, that, the person is ruined and is finished. That's why Paul was hinting so hard. Whatever you do, he said, be content with what God has given to you. And then he will give you more. Because if you're not content and you murmur, and complain. Then if you have failed the class, then you go back and repeat the class. Be content. Philippians 4, 11, please. 
Philippians 4.11. Yes. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am yes. to be content. To be content. Read me 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. First Timothy 6, 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Let me, let me tell you one thing. I need, I need to share with you a vision. I've shared it before a long time ago. That was even the time when my wife came. She didn't know what I was sharing. When I was in Nigeria, at one time, we were going towards the airport. They were taking me to the airport. And my wife was sitting beside me on the left side. All of a sudden, the Lord said, turn to the left, right. She did not know what happened. She was just like, until everything was finished. I turned there and saw this beautiful, you know, this, you know when they cut the, the bush back home for farming, and they, they put uh, fire on it or whatever it is. And if I, since I came to the United States, I have not experienced that. It's been a long time. I saw it was so wonderful, and the Lord said, what are you looking? I said, I'm looking at the eye bush. said, you don't even have an eye to see what I see. The time has come for them to, to farm now. Everybody's ready to kill each other. Everybody's ready to kill. You don't see all that gone. A knife. And he said, turn around. I turned around and showed me this mighty, if you see this man, so glamorous, so wonderful, walking. And he said, look at the mansion he has. And that mansion, I'm telling you, will cover a village. This was all going on in the car. He said, do you see him? I said, yes, I've seen him. He said, he owns this mansion, yet he's afraid to live there. And if he's even lived, you know one thing? He stays and sleeps in one room. And even in that room, he's still in a small bed on a corner. And yet he stands up and says, I'm a landlord. He doesn't know the land owes him. You know, we just run around, we want to carry everything. We forget one thing, that after carrying it, we turn our back, we, we leave it. Dust. You came and dust everything, we go back. And naked you came, you will live that way. So to offend God because of what we can do is just not the way it's supposed to be. So... Then he showed me the man. He said, do you see him? He's sick now walking. And he was walking around from his uh, door, this doorway, whatever it is. And he said, the man fell down. He said, he's died. And he died. And they were burying the man. He said, you see him? Where he was being buried was smaller than his what? Not bed. That is the hallway. Was smaller. And yet the man is a landlord. But he doesn't know the land owes him. Are you following what I'm talking about right now? That's why, you know, Solomon just couldn't believe it. The man who has everything cried and cried. And got to the point where he said, you know one thing? I've seen everything and now I hate the world. I hate this life. I, got, I had enough of it. I don't know if we have time to do it. Maybe, maybe we can. Read me Ecclesiastes, please. Yes, two. Reform three. To 17, if you can. But I will stop you. Maybe you just read 3 and some and then to 17. I just... Ecclesiastes chapter 2 from verse 3. I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine mm -hmm. while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven mm -hmm. all the days of their lives. I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants. 
and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great mm -hmm. and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Then I turned myself to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. Then I saw that wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I, I myself perceived that the same event happened to, all of them, to them all. So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, this also is vanity. For there is no more remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die? As the fool. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me. For all is vanity oh, and grasping for the wind. I hated life, the man who had everything. But do you remember one thing? Let me put it, let me put it this way. Do you remember those, those craziness? Sometimes we're... We just want to show off and we want to do things that we begin to acquire and accumulate. Think about all those things that have been so accumulated that now become obsolete. Now listen to me. So obsolete, you don't even know what to do. Remember the latest gadget or the newest. Let's go to the merchant shelf. We must get the newest one right now. And yet we forget one thing, that there's nothing new under the sun. Everything may be improvement of whatever that was there before, but I'm telling you, they may call it new. It's not new. It's the same old thing being improved or being designed a little bit differently. It's everything. We've got to have it right now. And pray to your God that you don't attempt to relocate or to move from one place to the other. Then you begin to see all the, the nuisance and what? The junk that we have accumulated. And then you tell me, in, as far as, according to Solomon, at that point, you hate life. Because you're trying to move all these things. You don't know what to do. What are you going to do with them? And if you don't take time, you say you have written throws them away, but you still pile them on the junk. In fact, do you know what? There are some things you have and you have had there for 20 years, you have not even, you don't even know where they are. Yes. <laughs> they're in storage, they're paying for it, right? Isn't it something? They're in storage, you're not using them, and you're paying for it. It's amazing how God is. But I think, we're gonna, because you see, I don't want to continue because I don't want to run out of time. And I want to keep to exactly what we do. Otherwise, I thought I was going to get into self-righteousness. That's a killer. And once we finish with that, then I'll mention one of the other two things. But there's one other thing I need to mention to you. Maybe next week we deal with self-righteousness and so on. But that's something that is really very annoying. Have you known that something that's very annoying? When we human beings 
try to present us to ourselves. It's more than what we're actually there. You know, back home now, if I can remember very well, everybody's a doctor and a professor. Everybody's a bishop. Everybody's a prophet. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Think about that. But that's, I want to give you an example of why I'm saying it right now. I was at home, and that has happened here too. I was with my wife one time. Somebody did it. But the one who did it at home was so obvious. You know, in a, we were in a gathering, and the, the MC, the master of ceremony, got up and introduced this man. He called him Dr. This and that and that and Chief This. He was around me. He just, he just scratched at me. He said, did you hear that? I said, did he hear what? They called your name. He said, I am not getting up. I'm not even going there. Why? He got up and completely, oh, he told the MC off. Did you forget that I am the heirs of all heirs? The heirs of heirs that the, the king of all kings. Did you not remember that I am the heirs of one? Of this place. Now, the Ezra of Ezra of one, of one tiny town, is talking about, but is claiming to be everybody. And for that, he refused. He said, and also, they named me Ezra Buruburu. That is the king all around. And you know one thing? I told him, I said, I said, no, no. No, I told him, I said, brother, he said, yes. I said, the day will come when you call a king a king, you'll run into the bush. Yeah. The day will come. I said, humble yourself before the almighty God. He'll be the one to exalt you. We'll end here. May the Lord Almighty give you all the blessings and keep you unto his truth in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.